Welcome to the Talking Book Atlanta podcast. I'm Perry Patterson, and today we have an author coming all the way to us live from the United Kingdom. Daniela Rushton is the author of The Panther Tales, and Daniela, I'm going to read just a little bit about you. Daniela Marie Rushton is British-born. She is wife to Nicholas and mother to Bertie. She splits her time between the United Kingdom and the United States. In 2017, her son challenged her to channel her renowned imagination into writing a book. And the Panther Tales series was born. The Watchers and the Gifted Ones, book one in the series, was published in 2020. The Queen and the Powerful Pendant, the sequel, was published in 2022. She has since gone on to collate a collection of fairy tales, of which one, The Special Seed, has been published online in the United States, as well as a collection of surreal poetry, which she hopes to have published someday soon. Her brand, Fantasy, fairy tales and poetry has developed and was inspired by her Christian faith, as well as living a thoroughly creative life. This belief, the core message of the Panther Tales has led her to being featured on numerous podcasts, radio, as well as summits discussing and sharing her literary life journey. You can follow Daniela Rushton and all of her accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Panther Tales. And her website is www.thepanthertales.com. And I will include all of that information in the show notes. So, Daniela, thank you so much for joining us live today on the Talking Book Instagram. I am so glad that you are with us. And we are so excited to have you talk about your writing journey and your other books are your poetry too. So we want to discuss that, but I want to kind of get a, a little background on you first. So tell us a little bit more about um, prior to writing the Panther Tales and how you came about the idea. Obviously your son was encouraging you to write a book and channel your creativity into doing that, but talk a little bit about how you got the idea to base the Panther Tales um, on your Christian faith and kind of talk about that journey a little bit to, to kind of explain it to us a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I've always been creative. I went to the London College of Fashion and studied fashion. Um, I then spent some time doing acting. Um, and I, it was about the time that we um, bought our home in America. And I was looking for an outlet for my creativity. And I was looking for an outlet for my creativity. And as much as I enjoy um, the interior of homes, I um, went and visited lots of uh, vintage shops and stores. And I came across this um, life-sized uh, copper panther in a consignment store. And when I bought it home and put it on this large, broad shelf in our home in America, um, it was about the time Bertie then challenged me um, to my creativity to extend it further and start writing because I was struggling really to um, to do continue doing acting really and I needed an outlet of some kind. Um, I, I really am, 
I, I sort of see creative creativity in everything really um I live quite a creative life in the way I think the way I decorate my home how I like to dress and so it was around the time when Bertie said well mummy why don't you put your imagination into a book that this coincided with this life-size panther that I'd recently just bought and I knew that a story hinged upon it and it was a collect it was a collation really of um of buying the object and thinking about how I wanted the story to come about combining it with um my very sort of active faith which has actually deepened since I began writing that it somehow just all came together I didn't put any pressure on myself I didn't have a thing didn't have a clue about writing or I mean I'd lit I'd, I'd written quite a lot of letters when I was younger I'd studied of course done lots of essays um always enjoyed creative writing but hadn't studied English literature at Oxford University so it was a brand new um writing but hadn't studied English literature at Oxford University so it was a brand new um venture for me and one which I'm quite pleased I didn't know anything about because I'm self-taught and I've learned everything um in in a relaxed creative manner <laughs> in a way yeah, it sounds like we have a little bit in common because I was a fashion merchandising major in college too. So I worked in the fashion industry for a while. Um, so when you, did you do the illustrations? Because in your book, you have some really, really lovely illustrations. No, I didn't do the illustrations. The illustrations in book one are by a friend of mine called Zoe Potter. So very early on when uh, Bertie challenged me obviously to write the book and I soon came to realise with my very vivid imagination that I needed to somehow bring the story to life with some really beautiful illustrations. And I worked with Zoe very, very closely um, during book one to obviously bring those illustrations to life. And they really do support my writing, don't they? Mm -hmm. they, are, um, they are absolutely beautiful. And then in book two, um, another friend of mine, Jane Mitchell, I collaborated with her and she did the illustrations for that. So no, I, um, I, I would love to have a go at painting someday. That's on my creative list. But uh, whether I'll ever be on the level of Zoe or Jane, <laughs> as you can see, Park is behind me. No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'd aspire to be. But they are, they're beautiful, aren't they? I think mm -hmm. the art and writing, it's the arts, isn't it? And in the arts world, um, all of these things just naturally come together so beautifully well, don't they? Yes. So your book feels a lot, I mean, it's a fantasy story and it feels, a, it's a very <clears throat> interesting fairy tale, but it does feel like a children's fairy tale book. So um, have you thought about world building even more, um, you know, just really building the world behind the the story a little bit more and developing that world building aspect of it. Miss Perry, um, completely. I'm writing the third book now. I I started chapter nine today, and I said to my husband Nicholas only a few days ago that this is really getting hard because obviously I'm now on the third book. It is a trilogy, and the world has has gained great depth 
um, there's so much to cross-reference, to check, to make sure that everything um, adds up, to make sure that things weave in from book one to book three. And um, it's really hard work. I'm finding it, I'm enjoying the challenge and loving it, but um, whether I want to do another trilogy again, we'll see. But um, no, the world building is, is really intense. And without me being a focused individual, and can I say really highly, quietly organised, um, and I don't know how other writers that have done trilogies cope with their mechanisms, but I find that if I didn't have my focus and planning, I think it would all go to pot, because I can't think how how big someone's brain must be to hold that much information. Um, it really is quite in-depth. Yes, I'm loving it, but I'll be really pleased when I do that Instagram post holding up the manuscript saying, <laughs> well, I I do appreciate your organization skills greatly um, because um, you are certainly easy to uh, work with and get um, all of all of the information that I needed um, without having to send five or six emails, phone calls, and text messages <laughs> in order to get it all. So good, good job on that. <laughs> because sometimes it does take um a multiple you know requests to you know reach out some people either don't check their emails often or 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 you know they're busy with other things so you are definitely on top of it absolutely so um so talk a little bit about the the character development in um the panther tales book one and the storyline um i was after reading book one i was really hoping there was a pre there had been a preface maybe beforehand just kind of giving some of the the in-depth maybe behind the scenes a little bit more um because I was having a little bit of a hard time kind of understanding, like, what are the watchers watching for? What are they watching for? What are they listening for? What are they trying to stop, control, or um, steal, or whatever? I I kind of was, like, looking for the answer. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that the difference between um your main characters and and what their challenge is and what they're maybe trying to accomplish or or trying to you know how they're you know talk yeah. a little bit about the story so, well i'm going to answer you first of all by telling you and it's not really a spoiler that in book three um <laughs> It's a bit of a, book three is almost like a prequel because in book three, we go right back to the beginning of how the Watchers and the Gifted Ones were born and what and how it all came about. So once the trilogy will be completed, it will be almost as if book one sort of had happened midway. It's kind of possibly in the wrong order. Um, and we sort of jump-started it somewhat. Um, so I'm quite happy to... To actually share that with you and um, regarding character development i was very certain straight away when i was formulating the idea for the panther tales that i knew it wanted to have a very strong feminine feel 
um, I wanted this to be an empowerment feeling um, for women. I wanted my main character to be a woman. Um, I wanted um, to have a good versus evil. Um, and slowly but surely, without any effort, I'm not joking, the characters really fell in line. I didn't have to work hard at gaining the characters. And the only thing that I've obviously had to work at is embellishing those characters in book two, introducing new characters. And then by the time we get to book three, again, probing deeper into into that character development because we at the beginning and we find that we're looking at the main character's ancestors. So does that answer that question clearly enough for you, Perry? Right. I'm, I think one of the things that I still am curious about is what are the watchers trying to do or what are they trying to stop? What are they trying to control? Are they trying to hide? Are they trying to take something away? Um, can you do that without maybe yeah. spoilers? Okay, yeah. Well, the concept of the Panther Tales is about a good versus evil, and it's about the Watchers versus the Gifted Ones. In the Panther Tales, everybody is born um, from the star of the cosmos, where they're all granted a gift from the great star of the cosmos to be gifted. This gift might it, this gift often occurs in the form of being highly imaginative, where your imagination can come alive. There are other gifts that um, the great star of the cosmos grants as well. Sadly and unfortunately, with the Watchers, they are equally gifted, but they've decided somehow to um, not enjoy their gift and start watching other gifted ones and seeing if they could perhaps be, be, be have a better gift or perhaps um, have greater powers. And this um, envy and this greed um, causes them to want to... Um, manipulate, control, and destroy the gifted one's power. So we have a good versus evil, the watchers and the gifted ones. Uh, the watchers want to destroy the gifted, really. Um, and it's all about how the gifted ones prevail and how they um, come about trying to um, not always... Um, destroy the watchers but actually um, convert them and help them to realize that they don't need to be this way okay so yeah this is a great fairy tale story for I, children of all ages I think I mean it's a really good um, fairy tale imaginative story with imagination and flying and, and, you know, Parky, the, the flying Panther and everything. It's, it's really, um, you know, I see it as an illustrated book. I do. I definitely see it. And I, and I like the fact that you did put illustrations in the book. I read it on Kindle. So I, so they were in black and white, but I, I'm assuming they're in black and white in the, in the regular book too. On Kindle. Gosh, the illustrations come up beautifully, don't they? Mm-hmm. On the screen, they really, they are really good. I was, I was really happy. I, I sometimes look at the illustrations on the Kindle version, and I think, gosh, yes, and um, they really support the work really well. Um, it's because it's so highly imaginative that mm -hmm. it sort of 
it opens up your mind and the visual side. The illustrations just confirm sort of the writing, which is really what an illustrating book should be about, isn't it? <laughs> right. Okay. So how um, have you, you know, taken your Panther Tales series and created, um, have you created anything different or unique through writing the Panther Tales? Have you kind of branched out into like other ideas for other books? I mean, as you're finishing up book three for the Panther Tales, have you thought of anything? Has anything else come to your mind that you wanted to write about as far as so what am I going to do after the Panther Tales (laughs) okay so I will definitely share with you that I am going to be putting a collection of fairy tales together um I've been writing fairy tales in between the Panther Tales just as a hobby really but um I do feel as though that's the next project for me um to collate them all uh possibly um to work on some of them, whether it's going to be a book of fairy tales where there'll be 20 odd fairy tales or whether I'll possibly just condense it down to um, even three or four, Um, again, with illustrations. Uh, But I would definitely like to explore the fairy tale side as my next project. But it's so important to me that I get the panther tales right and I am not rushing the third book. I've had it mentioned to me about having the Panther Tales made into one book, as in having book one, book two, and book three, and then it being just one book. Um, So there's that. So, um, gosh, Perry, I'm going to be really busy. And then I've got um, poetry that I want to really work upon. Um, I'm not going to be bored. (laughs) So when you started writing the Panther Tales, did you have a word count in mind that a lot of times um, the you know, the average novel is anywhere between 90 and 100K? So did you have, you know, because your your novel is probably a little bit less than 100K, I think. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit, it's a novella really. So I'm not sure whether number three will possibly be of that size as well, which is why they may, they could easily go into just one book. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I didn't set any rules to this. I'm, I'm focused and highly organised, but I don't bind, bind myself with, with creative rules. Otherwise, it wouldn't be creativity, would it? Um, I didn't know where it was going to go. Even the story, the story changes as I'm writing. Um, I don't... Otherwise, it becomes a bit staid and static and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> boring. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't sit down and think, right, this has got to be a hundred and fifty thousand word count, and it's going to be this and that. No, I didn't. I just thought it will when it ends. And if there's not many, if it's fifty thousand, that's okay. If it's two hundred thousand, that's <clears> okay. They <throat> just come together. Yeah, well, I I just wanted to mention that because just your average novel is going to be between ninety and a hundred, and yeah. um, or or seventy and a hundred k. Um, your novellas are going to be more like thirty k, forty k, something like that. Yeah. Um, just in the rules of just novels or novellas, 
um yeah. when you're when you're when you're working with um a publisher when you're working with um an agent or when you're working with um editors and things like that um so you have some ideas with some fairy tales coming up and it sounds like i mean i know you're very organized but a lot of times um you know when like when i start writing books i'm usually kind of have an idea in my head where I want it to start and I probably have an idea of where I want it to end and it's sometime in the middle of that that you know all the creativity comes into play as the characters are developing and things like that so do you find that that's how your writing process is is you kind of have an idea in your mind about how you want your story to play out but as you're writing the characters then take on a life of themselves yeah so what I do is, I mean, I'm sitting at my desk now. When I am writing, I will have the synopsis. Every time I write a chapter, I do um, a synopsis of the chapter. I will have that open on my desk. I will also have a plot doc, and I have these all opened on my screen as well. Um, I've already decided at this stage how I think the third book might end, but things can change. Um, in that plot doc, it's... It's, it's a bit like sort of having a, a structure that makes me feel comfortable, that I can, you know, relax into. If I, I don't just sit down and just think, where am I going today? You know, I have to have a framework to work with. Um, so on my plot doc, I, I, I yeah, I know, like, like yourself with your writing. So I know that I am approaching the end of the start, nine chapters in, I'm going to have a chunk of the middle, then there's going to be the autumn, and then we're going to get into winter. So, I, yeah, I, I, and this has all progressed, and I've matured in my writings. I've gone along. This didn't happen in book one. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like everything. It's, you know, the more you do something, the better you, you become at it, and I am learning the craft. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. That's that's really tends to be how I um how I frame the structure of um of how things are going to go with with my plotting. Um, the other thing I use quite a lot is I use big pads, and again, very visual. I will um often get to a point where I'll stop. I have a big pile of research because I I'm researching and collecting information all the time. That comes with me into my kitchen. I then sit down with my big pad and I will scramble through all of that research and literally confine it onto my pad, which will then go into the plotting dock. <laughs> it's, like, it's like being a chef, isn't it? It's, it's like being a chef of words, in a way. Mm -hmm. We all have our own way of doing it, don't we, really? And our own... Um, mm -hmm. What word am I looking for? Um, yeah. <laughs> so do you have a lot of beta readers people that read your books um like maybe after you've gotten the first draft down or before maybe you've done a lot of editing to it to get their opinions and their ideas about what might need to be improved changed or are added or taken away yes so when i when i wrote uh, book one the first person i gave it to to read was my brother who um read it with me and um, gave me his honest opinion and continued actually to work with me throughout the rest of book one. I then submitted it 
read it and they would like me to explore the world more i then i then did the changes to according to what they suggested um with book two um i then continued to work with the editor and there was four to and fro of uh, what about this what about that um certain certain suggestions um that are made um i I, I really think about it before. I haven't always said yes to everything that's been suggested. Um, sometimes, some things I have, some things I haven't. Um, with book two, I did um, have it beta read a few times as well, and generally, they yeah, they they weren't they weren't really they enjoyed it actually. I think it was more possibly on book one, and that really helped me the feedback there was that i needed to open this up crack it up crack it open um which i believed i did in in two um i'll be interested to see how book three goes and i might i'll always let my brother read it um but i would like fresh eyes for three i'm thinking i think that's good for the creativity yeah. as well i think to let some mm. new blood come in to read it um, and I'll still let my other editor read it as well but I want to just make sure that this is right you know we're precious about our work aren't we Perry we want to make sure it's right we're giving this up this is our legacy you know we're putting into the world um, it's not to be rushed so yeah so do you know any good editors <laughs> I love mine <laughs> um I can share her contact with you if you would like me to. I will be glad to. She's very good about um, her comments um, and track changes and uh, marking everything in red and then putting the little information on the side where you can read her thoughts and her ideas and what needs to be fixed and what needs to be rewritten and what needs to be explored more. She always puts that. She's very thorough. Um, so if you'd like contact i will be glad to share that with you um so talk a little bit about the books that you loved growing up i mean i know i had mentioned to you um about were you a c.s lewis fan and um you know because your book has a little bit of elements um with the fantasy and the the winged panther uh with the tales of narnia so were you are you talk about a little bit about what you enjoy reading personally what you enjoyed reading maybe as a child and what you enjoy reading today yeah i i enjoyed fairy tales when i was younger no great surprise there um but then sort of when i got to my teens and even in college i didn't really read an awful lot and it's it's only really since i um become a writer that i've decided to pick up the books and read again um my i read scripture every single day the greatest um storybook on earth is the bible i gain great inspiration from that um i have um continued to really read some beautiful stories during my writing um how to kill a mockingbird I, I absolutely learned so much when I read that. Um, really took it in very, very, very slowly. I continue to still read C.S. Lewis. Um, at the moment, 
I am reading The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. Um, I'm also reading the diary of a saint called Saint Maria Faustina and the Divine Mercy and her relationship with Jesus and the visions that she received. And I read every single day when I'm doing my research because as you know, being a writer yourself, um, you don't just sit and write. A lot of it is heavy research. So I'm continually downloading stuff, sitting, reading. Um, what are the books have I read that I really, really absolutely loved? Um, I read a book um, that Bertie, my son, gave me, and he said, Mummy, you ought to read, and it was that was a, a, a novella. And I told a friend um, who's a fellow writer to read it, and that was called Chess by Stefan, uh, where is it? It's up there, Stefan Zweig, Zweig. And that was absolutely fantastic. I'll send you the details on that. It's really good. So um, I'm afraid I can't really reel off a long list of literature um, that you're possibly hoping that I will. Um, but yes, my reading is obviously quite abundant now. I am a writer. When I was young, fairy tales, and then midway, perhaps not so much. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, Daniela, it has been a pleasure chatting with you today on the Talking Book Podcast. I am going to put your information about where everyone can find you on social media and your website in the show notes. And I did, but right before we go, I did want to ask, I mean, you said that you spend you know, you live in England, but um, you also have a home in the United States. So where in the United States is your home? If you want to share that with us and tell us a little bit about what you enjoy about coming to the United States and some of the things that I noticed that um, for your birthday, I think it was you went to Tiffany's Little Blue Box Brunch at uh, Tiffany's flagship store in New York City. And they have recently opened the Little Blue Box Brunch. Um We've been going to my family and I now for the best part of 20 years. So um, we used to take our son there um, for the long summer holidays and we um, vacationed there for, oh gosh, about eight years. And we've owned our home now for about 12 years. Um, and with that come, has come the blessing of being able to um, stay put on the West Coast in California and be able to travel around America, um, whether it's flying into a city and then on to California or um, going to a place where, you know, driving or flying from where we are. And um, I've really taken it, taken um, the magnificent states as um, very much a second home. Yeah, I, I, I really do. It's, um, it's brought many blessings to me. Um, it's really opened up a whole new world. <laughs> like, like, um, it, it's been um, sunshine. It really has because it's um, opened up possibilities, adventure, um, supported my creativity no end. I've made the most fabulous um, set of girlfriends, uh, which two of them did join me for my 50th birthday in New York. You're quite right. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I feel blessed that I can have that 
in my life to be able to open up my writing because obviously book one is based around palms the fictional place of palms which is very close to our home near palm springs and book two is based upon our uk um life in a fictional place of ashby by the sea so um which is why with the third book um for many reasons um, I felt inspired to go back to the beginning of what the Watchers and the Gifted Ones about. But the third book, really, uh, without any spoilers, encompasses a sort of um, greater world feel, um, bringing in many experiences from many travels around the, around the US, but also around the world. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the Blue Book Cafe was fantastic. I thoroughly recommend for you to go. Yeah, I hope to one day. Um, I know it's hard to get a reservation there. But there's also um, an Oscar Wilde-themed cafe and tea room in New York City, too. You might want to check that one out. (laughs) I can send you the link um, for that one. That one's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, it has been lovely talking with you today on the Talking Book Atlanta podcast, um, Daniela Rushton and the Panther Tales. We look forward to your third installment in the series and good luck with writing um, as you continue to write and, and work on finishing that third book in the series. And um, it was lovely talking to you and um, thank you so much for joining us and talking about your creativity and your enthusiasm for writing and just all your inspirational um, attributes that you've brought to the writing process. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for watching and for listening. And this episode will be available on Spotify tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us on the Talking Book Atlanta podcast with our live interview with Danielle Rushton from the United Kingdom. We'll see you next time on The Talking Book. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night, everybody.